You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see, but I'm lacking a placement. Thoughts as I rap in the basement, but my come up is legend is greatness. Welcome to the Dennis Postuma Show. I'm your host, Dennis Postuma. And today we have a very special guest, my friend, Di Manuel. Di, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dennis. I'm so stoked to be here. I know we've had a couple side conversations leading up to this, and I've just been really looking forward to it, man. I'm, I'm filled with gratitude to be here, to, to connect with you, your audience. And you know what? I mean, to be fair, if you look at the scales of the culture in well, North America specifically, but more globally, you know, we got this scale of positive and negative. Unfortunately, negative is outweighing the positive in the world, especially when you look on the news and you pick up any newspaper or magazine. So uh, we need more networks like yours, platforms like yours to, to offset the scale. So uh, I, I'm, I'm happy I to be here. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I thank you. So I could not agree more. That's 100 percent. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But yes, I appreciate <laughs> no, it. No, it's great, man. This is totally yeah, cool. So tell, yeah. Boy, that's a that's an awesome compliment. Thank you. So, how do we let's let's find out a little bit about you, Di, and what you got going on versus you know what you had in the past, what your past careers were, and how you got to where you're at now. Well, let's just start with an easy question. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, let me take you back. Let me take you yeah. way back. You yes. know, like I'm back in 1984. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, in 84, wait, I was like eight. So that's <laughs> you know, 1976. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was brought into this beautiful planet, you know, and you now, but 45 years ago, I, I you know, th- realizing that I'm an 80s kid, right? And, and yeah. early 90s was when I was in high school. And uh, it was an interesting time. I know now it's sort of romanticized with all these TV shows like Stranger Things and all these other shows that come out, you know, just glorifying the 80s and the 90s. And I'll tell you, I mean, I, it was fun. But yeah. I don't have a lot of positive memories, especially in my early uh, teen years. And uh, just for that reason, you, you know, my parents separated divorced when I was nine. And back then, you know, there was one other kid in our class of 30 that had parents that weren't together any longer. So you oh, can wow. imagine it, it was more of a stigma and it wasn't a positive one. And, and there wasn't any resources, you know? And so here I was trying to navigate that, not understanding. It felt like my world was crumbling. You know, parents are separated, ultimately divorced. See my dad every other weekend if I'm lucky, you know, like it was just whoa, big change real fast. And I felt like I was a victim of that change because it was out of my control. I couldn't do anything about it. And uh, that set in motion five years of me learning how to to eat my emotions. Like literally, that was one piece I could control what I put in my mouth. And uh, by 15, I was morbidly obese. That was tough, man. It was tough. You know, like all the the typical cliches or, or stigmas or, you know, idioms that are out there about people in that state of unhealth. I mean... I was living it. That was my life every day. You know, yeah. like I wasn't thinking, Oh, that's a cliche. I was like, no, I, I am the cliche, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and it wasn't, it was hard. It was just hard. And uh, I made some big changes one day, you know, it's the weirdest thing. And, you know, people ask me, well, what was the motivation to make the big change? And I was like, I'll oh, be perfectly honest. I was more afraid of not changing than the idea of changing. Yeah. You know, I was more afraid of what the next five years was going to bring to me if I continued doing what I was doing. Because if I was perfectly honest, you know, five years to get to that state of morbid obesity. And I was like, okay, well, if I keep doing this by 20, do you think I'll be any better? Yeah. Will be any better than I am right now at 15? Yeah. Yeah. You have that choice to to live that same year over and over. Yeah. Or you have a choice to become a completely different you the following year. That's exactly <sighs> right. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. That's a good, good. That's pretty. That's pretty young age to come to that realization, though. That's pretty. Yeah, well, to be fair, like 
I had a lot of people around me that loved me and yeah. cared for me. They wanted to see me happy. You, you know, you're, a, you're, you're a dad, you know this, and uh, yeah. you'll especially yeah. know this as your, 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 your child ages, because, you know, we don't like to see them sad. We don't like to see them unhappy. We want them happy. And I know that's what my parents wanted for me, but every time they came to me to offer some sort of assistance to help me get healthy, I always took that as an attack. I was like, you're saying I'm not, you know, good enough the way I am that I need to change, you don't love or like who I am right now. Like that was me as a, you know, preteen, teen boy. That is what I heard every time someone that loved me came to me offering help. Gotcha. Okay. But but at 15, all of a sudden I got to that place and it was just like a lightning bolt hit me. And I was like, you know what, if I don't do something right now, I I know life's not going to be any prettier. And uh, I got to work, you know, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. And had to self-educate, you know, I had to, to gain a little bit of clarity and confidence. So I knew what kind of actions to start doing. And also, you know, when I came out of that bathroom, when I came to that realization, literally I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was just in this state of detest looking at myself, you know, and uh, I always avoided. There's like one photo of me back in that state of unhealth, like one photo. Like I avoided cameras, Dennis. I did not want to be anywhere socially. And, you know, I also had social anxiety. So it was only compounded based on how unhealthy yeah. I was. And uh Long and short of it, I came to that realization, went out of the bathroom, said, dad, I want to get healthy. I don't want to be this way anymore. And he must've seen something in me because he was like, okay, <laughs> I got to strike the iron while it's hot here. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and he was a good man. You know, he was kind and, and he, he saw that I was ready. It was me wanting to make the change. And, and he's like, okay, what can we do? And I was like, you know what? I always loved riding my bike. Can we get me a bike? He's like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we literally got in the car, went to the, the, the local cycle shop and bought yeah. me a bike. And I started riding like every day, you know, more, awesome. more urban riding. And, and then I educated myself. I went to the library, got books out of nutrition. And my kids are like, still, dad, why don't you just Google it? I'm like, your dad's older than Google, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's always a, a fun little reminder. because <laughs> uh, They're like, well, we actually thought you were older than TV, dad. <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 Like, you know what? You yeah. are out of the will. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, we only had radio then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You know, smoke signals. But, um, uh, you know, it, it was kind of funny because it just got to work for these two years. You know, yeah. it took two years to, to release that weight. And, you know, there, I don't remember the day or how it happened, Dennis, but just I remember one day and I sort of came to an awareness later on that day that, oh, wow, I had my smoothie that morning. Oh, I went for my workout. You know, I got the extra school work done, like the stuff that I would normally have on my list. And I would have that that list every day of what I was going to try to do that day. And I just stopped relying on the list. It just was yeah. like I was just doing life, you know, and yeah. and that's when I knew it's when I knew I was at a new place. And that old past me was never coming back. And uh, and that was it, man, because then I had friends of my parents start asking me questions about how to get healthy. And you know what? As a teen boy, I was like not used to people looking to me for help nor seeing me as somebody that had value to offer. I'm just right. being honest. That's how I felt. And when they started asking these questions, I was like, whoa, I can help them. Yeah. And, and you know what? I know now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the best part was I loved it. It made me feel so fulfilled. It was like instant. And that's when I got bit by that coaching mentorship bug. And uh, ever since I was 17, now I'm almost 46. That's all I've been doing, coaching and mentoring people, you know, to through change, through change. Sure. And uh and it's been great, man. I, I, I do love it. I know, you know, I haven't made it out with any scars. I uh, believe that because I, I sort of went from food to alcohol, uh, you know, because the social anxiety didn't go away. Sure. I had a lot yeah. of other challenges and, uh, but we can unpack that later if we want. Yeah, that's uh, on the, 
just to kind of touch on the um, on the discipline that you created throughout that mm. process, mm-hmm. I it's one of those things where when when I'm coaching somebody and and it seems to wrap around nutrition and health mm-hmm. and start with that as entrepreneurship, it's because of the the things that I went through health wise with having ulcerative colitis and all these things mm-hmm. and realizing what happens if you don't do that. Yeah. And then, and so it, it builds you to realize the importance of that for other people when they coach, for, yeah. when they go through their careers, because, and then if you create that discipline that creates a healthy lifestyle, the person you become mm. and takes you to the step for where your career goes. And then it just kind of flows that whole way. So well said, because you're, you're spot on, you know, yeah. like that foundation of health is so important for any life, any profession, you know really to build the vision of whatever vision you have for yourself, you'd be rather naive if you didn't acknowledge the importance of health and not only the creation of that vision, but also the sustainability of the vision. Yeah. You know, and and I'm not talking just longevity, like, yeah, science is doing a great job, everybody. They're keeping us alive longer, (laughs) but arguably I wouldn't say with a lot of vitality in those end years, you know, I I saw it with my grandparents. I saw it with even a couple of friends, you know, some, some elderly friends of mine. And it it was, it was hard to watch, you know, because literally it's that, that decrepitude that creeps up on you. And next thing you know, it's like that quality of life's gone. And then you're fighting tooth and nail to try to get it back. Right. And uh, and the thing is, if you're just more proactive and have a healthier lifestyle and take a, you know pride in prioritizing self-care every day, a lot of that future possibility isn't as likely, you know. And uh, yeah. so it, the, the choice is available to all of us, you know, yeah. and uh, it's just a matter of making it. <laughs> it, it. Yeah, very well put. And if you and if you do it properly now, you won't spend all of the if you if you just focus on the income. <laughs> And take care of your health. You won't have to spend all the income to then pay for your health. That's right. To get back to try to get to where you're at. So it's so uh, true. Uh, don't learn the hard way. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. Not uh, that I've done anything like that, but maybe I know a few people. I'm just. So. I think we all know a few people, and uh, yeah. you know, I was also diagnosed with an autoimmune condition about ten years ago, and. Okay. Uh, the only reason why they figured I had it all my life, but the only reason why they never detected it up to that point was just because of my choice of lifestyle, you know, my, my choice of how I nourished myself, how I fueled myself, how, how I, you know, move my body. And, and so I kept a lot of these symptoms at bay. And when they finally figured out, I mean, it was after being emergency hospitalization, because my, my, my body was systemically shutting down. My immune system was just done. And, uh, it was like all out war for my body. And funny enough, it was after my first tough mutter and it's not tough mutter. It's not their fault. Okay. Like a full disclosure, I was running and I, I'm a sprinter, not a long distance runner. And, you know, it's half a marathon distance when you do tough mutter and, my thighs were so chafed. I got this little rash and then it got infected. And within 24 hours, I was like literally fainting and, and like done. Like I, I, we had no idea what was going on. And they, they hospitalized me. They realized I had zero neutrophils, which is what neutralizes viruses and bacterial infection. And, and uh, they were like, Oh my gosh, I stayed a station zebra, right? Like yeah. <laughs> we got a problem here. <laughs> and, and uh Three bone marrow biopsies later, they finally figured out that it's behaving like a certain condition called autoimmune neutropenia. So okay. I'm very familiar with autoimmune conditions. I've, I've you now studied a lot on them only because of my own uh, issues and what I work through. But uh, 
fortunately for me, most of the symptoms never actually show up for me, but I do have to be cautious, you know, sure. especially with the pandemic. If I got nothing to fight off viruses, it's, this will make sense when I tell you my, my hematologist two years ago was like, die, you should probably live in a bubble, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ride out the, the pandemic in a bubble. Wow. Man, can you imagine seeing me do burpees in the bubble? I don't think so. You know, like so. a big bubble. <laughs> it's a huge bubble. <laughs> <laughs> So how did, so tell me about the Tough Mudder and how Mm. how many, have you only done one or have you done multiple ones? I've done a half dozen now and uh, about a half dozen Spartans as well. And uh, um, for me, it was fun doing it the first time because that was a personal challenge. But every future one after that, I was always just bringing people, you know, and uh, often people in my community or people that express wanting to try something that would be a challenge, but also not have to do it on their own. You know, yeah. I, I think it's nice to have those stretch goals, right? Like there's yeah. those goals that are way up on the horizon, yeah. but yet you have something to look forward to. You have something to work towards and, and also you have fun people around you to enjoy the raw, the, that, that journey with. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I always loved OCRs or obstacle course races or, or these kind of mud runs for that reason alone, you know, was that it's outdoors, it's physical fitness. And it's a whole lot of friendship and fun, you know, so like it, it's an easy yes. And uh, this one Tough Mudder was uh, amazing. I've got this photo of me and 100 people all standing around. We got this massive banner made and it, it was awesome. And, and we called it I Want My Mudder, you know, and, uh, That's <laughs> and awesome. that, was, That's that was our group. And oh, man, it was so much fun because we all wore like painted up our faces like Canada flags and had only red and white on. So we we made a statement. You could tell that we were a tribe and we were here together, you know, and uh, so cool. man, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And then, you know, the pandemic happened. So yeah, uh, uh, waiting for that to really start to start up again so we can get back to that. Yeah. How do you how do you First of all, how do you suggest people train for a Tough Mudder mm-hmm. out of curiosity? And then how how do you build a group such with such size with just uh, tell me about this? <laughs> well, OK, well, for, first off, you know, many, many years ago. So I, I was in the equipment industry and I did that uh-huh. for 17 years. A, a business partner and I, uh, we, we co-founded an equipment retail chain and e-com manufacturing overseas, all, all this good stuff, you know, and uh, we scaled up to, to eight figures a year and doing really well. And uh, but you know, I, I wasn't as fulfilled after I went through some personal changes and some health changes about 12, 13 years ago. Um, I, I just knew that this path that I believed I was meant to be on the rest of my life. I, I honestly thought like, this is it. This is what I'm meant to be doing is, is mm-hmm. you know, creating this company and, and making this impact. And, you know, just it slowly started to be less fulfilling. And, and I felt pulled to other things, you know, and and uh, so ultimately I, I did end up exiting out seven years ago. Um, but while I was there those last few years, I, I really felt I needed to contribute more, more okay. community initiatives, more supportive people. And also, I've always been challenged personally because I observe in the fitness industry how inaccessible it is to certain demographics and, oh, yeah. and, and, and socioeconomic demographics. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it is a luxury if I'm perfectly frank, you know, at least yeah. the way the gym industry works and, and just how that is. And uh, like, even just to buy a, a apparel nowadays, so just to, to exercise in, you know, like, it's just, there is a big cost, but I didn't want dollars and cents to get in the way of people getting healthier to having access yeah. to a community to, to be collect, you know, receiving support unconditionally yeah. with no hidden agenda. Yeah. And, uh, and we even so- mentioned that the other day with yeah. food. With good food versus bad food, how yes. much cheaper bad food is than yeah. it is by healthy food. But anyway, and sorry, go ahead. It's a conundrum, but it, you're absolutely right. Like it, we see it in all industries, right? Yeah. Is this sort of divide? And uh, 
So my wife and I, you know, I had started doing these online challenges and they were free, just, just month long challenges. I just started putting it out. I had started blogging back in like 2007. And so as I often say to people, I'm an OG in the blogging space, but uh, that doesn't mean original gangster as my hip hop friends would think. Uh, it, it means old guy. And, uh, <laughs> and so I've been around creating content for a long time. And, uh, so I already had a, a bit of reach. And, and so when I would throw out a challenge, you know, we, we'd get a couple hundred people signing up to, to just participate. And, awesome. uh, and I realized, you know, it was fun, but it was bringing these online communities together. But I really had a draw to want to meet people in real life, you know, to meet people in person, to, to get around that community, real life energy, you know, like it's, right. I, there's nothing wrong with the online space. I mean, we've all had to navigate this last couple of years and, yeah. and, and, but if given the choice, I prefer being offline for sure. Yeah. And uh, so we started what was called our Sunday Fun Day community. And a lot of people associate Sunday Fun Days with <laughs> not necessarily healthy choices, um, yeah. but we, we wanted to keep it Sunday Fun Day and, and it was a focused health event. And uh, people would come to one of my stores. We had a, a training facility in the back and it was no cost, no hidden agenda. There was only two conditions. You come willing to learn as well as to support your, your fellow participants, you know, and, and that was it. You come ready to have fun, support your community and, and just listen to learn when we're ready to rock and roll. And that community grew and grew and grew. And that was ultimately what some of those tough mutter events and Spartan races was just people within that local community here in Vancouver, the Sunday funding community. We started to, to do, you know, hikes together and all sorts of stuff. It wasn't always training indoors. It was really just having an active lifestyle together. And, uh, and once people awesome. see that too, once people see that, that energy and that somebody else, you know, that this person's doing it, this person's doing it, all of a sudden that goal seems attainable, doesn't it? Well, it Is does. That- and the cool thing was we had from 18 years old, all the way up to like 72, 73 and all backgrounds, all like it was, you'd come in and be like, wow, this is quite the cosmopolitan group. You know, it's, it's a mix of everybody from everywhere. And, and it was awesome. You know, I, yeah. we, we really enjoyed that. And, you know, obviously when we relocated back to, we traveled for five years, so we were away from Vancouver and sort of put a pause on the communities. And we were so excited getting back before the pandemic, but then the pandemic happened. So yeah. it's, uh, it's one of those things we're just about to start into again, you know, uh, next spring. And uh, we're so looking forward to it, you know, but uh, that's the so community piece. Oh, and just a quick note for anybody that's thinking about wanting to build communities. If you do start a community like that and it's, you know, inviting people to, to participate, to have fun, to connect. One thing to keep in mind is every time you have that group and you finish whatever the event is, always get a group photo and then always tag everybody in social. Okay. That was the only marketing we ever did was word of mouth from friend to friend, inviting people to come join us. But we always tagged after the event, everybody in it. And it was publicly tagged. It was sort of a condition. It's like, if you're here, you know, everybody signs a release form, like there'll be, there'll be photos, there'll be videos. We share this online because we're looking to impact others outside of just this community. And, and so there was that, un, uh, you know, that agreement that, okay, we're, we're going to be on social, you know, like we're in a group photo, we're going to be tagged. And, but people love to see photos of themselves. You know, they like to save those. They like to yeah. share those. And, and so it was just this, this amazing thing. So, I mean, it grew fairly quickly because of that alone. And uh, so that's just a, a little note for anyone that's getting into more events and uh, just make sure you always capture that. Cause yeah. as a, a mentor of mine once said, you know, if it doesn't end up on Instagram, it probably didn't happen. You know, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> that's very, that's a good point. That's a very good point. That's, uh, that's, I love that. I love that whole mentality. I wish 
we could get the world to start viewing things like that. Mm. That's exactly, that's the spotlight to me. <laughs> that's exactly what you need. We need to be seeing that every week. We need to be seeing things like that. We need yeah. to be putting a spotlight on that because the positivity and the love involved in a mm. group like that just grows. So it does. It's kudos beautiful. to you, man. That's, well, that's, I, I love that. That's, yeah, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. So um, tell me about these, these five F's. I really want to, mm-hmm. I want to dive into these and, and um, I really want to go over the five F's that, uh, you know, that you model your work based off of and sure. kind of go through those. Cause I agree with them so wholeheartedly. I bet. So I want to <laughs> learn. You say them already. Learn. I'm a student. I got my, I got my pen and my notepad. So <laughs> if I, if I check out for a minute, you'll know why. So you know, let, let's hear. Let's hear. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you, Dennis. Uh, it, so a number of years ago, I, I, that during that last year, I, I actually gave 18 months notice to my partner and to the company, you know, because I was in a fairly senior role, you know, COO, CMO, and just leaving tomorrow would, would be problematic for the business. Also, it wouldn't be, you know, financially responsible of me. Um, so during that last 18 months, you know, I was still running the Sunday Funday with my wife and we were having a lot of fun, but I, I started to test a lot of theories I had around how to motivate and inspire, but also different ways of educating people around healthy living. And so, you know, as much as everybody was there having a great time, getting great results, uh, you know, they were my guinea pigs too. So I was testing lots of stuff on them. Yeah. And Ultimately, at the end of that, uh, I had started to write a book before I was leaving the company, and, and that book was being published right around the same time that I left. So it was sort of this perfect timing because then we could really lean into that and promoting that, but also doing an impromptu book tour as a family. Because I, I literally quit my career of 17 years, uh, and my wife quit hers a month after. Two months after that, we pulled the kids out of school, gave away all our stuff, packed the SUV. And started driving south. We had, we had no plan, no agenda, no idea where we were going. But we were like, "Hey, we're we're in this together. We're going to be a full time family right now for a period of time." And here we go. So uh, <laughs> we, we can talk about that in a minute because uh, that sort of feeds into this this question around the the, the five S because okay. that was what was directing us as a family. You know, like those are our values, and, and values are important because they're easy ways to filter through information filter through decisions, especially, but also the long-term vision in our lives when we're really aligned with values, I find that we deviate less from our goals or path to the goal. And, and so for us, five F's represent those values, you know, fitness, faith, family, uh, um, finances, and then fun. (laughs) And uh, I I like to, to use a bit of a a metaphor for this. And If you think about your life as a house, so anybody that's listening or watching this, I just want you to envision yourself as the architect, okay, as well as the general contractor and the trace. I mean, your life is your life. You are building it up. And everybody knows that to, to have whatever life or profession that you want, you need a solid foundation to build upon, to launch from, right, to fall back on. And for us, that foundation is health. And so now you've got this foundation of health. You've got four walls, right? That come together as this big cube, which is our house. Okay, I, I still draw in strict figures, so please represent. This is my representation. Uh, of course, if you're better artistically, uh, hey, have fun with it. Yes, <laughs> build a palace. I don't care. Like I think that's even draw cooler. something really good. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Us. yeah. <laughs> so there's these four walls, and each one's represented by one of those S: okay. fitness, faith, family, finances, and then the overarching roof of fun. Now, if you play with this analogy. We have these different walls. 
of course we have internal pressures that can affect sure. the walls right the integrity of this home as well as the foundation maybe you have a leaky roof and, and these could be coming from external pressures or internal pressures those internal ones could be like oh we got termites in the wall well maybe that's one of your values isn't being honored you're out of alignment with that. So it starts to wreck the integrity of the whole house when you have one wall out of whack, right? Oh and gosh, and also you get storms that come our way. We get, yes, big tornadoes, you know, we, yeah. we, we, we get uh, uh, massive heat waves. I get, there's lots of external pressures, but the more solid the foundation and the, the, the integrity of the home, the better you can withstand some of those external pressures. But you have to constantly reinforce and work on these values. Yeah. You have to honor yeah. them. Upkeep your home. That's exactly right. And and so for us, fitness is a direct conduit into health. Yeah. You want to see your health improve. It is one of the quickest and most effective ways to start seeing positive change. Right. Is by act being active. And I mean, like just getting out for a walk 30 minutes a day is phenomenal. If you're, you know, a body at rest that stays at rest, that initial movement, yes, it might be challenging to get into the habit, but you're going to feel so good once you start. Yeah. And I think if you lock in on that emotion, you'll keep going. All right. Um, uh, faith. Well, I, I recognize that a lot of people shut off when, when I've used the term faith, you know, not, not everybody, but there, there is a good group of people because it's highly subjective how we define faith. Sure. Uh, but if you look at what's common with faith, the faith, the faith across different faiths, is there's this, always this idea of, of wanting to contribute to something larger than ourselves, right? To Absolutely. honor something bigger than us. And so that's what I want to invite people to consider that F being it's, it's how you plug in. How do you make an impact? And, and also how do you contribute to this yeah. beautiful planet that we share? You know um, I always tell my kids and friends, Hey, you know, when I die at 130 plus and I'm lying in that bed and I'm looking around at all the faces of the people that love me as, and I love in return, I want to be able to say, Hey, you know, it's been good while I've been here. Yeah. And you know what? I feel really good. I'm leaving this place better than it was when I got here. And uh, peace out. You know, like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That, that is what I want my last words to be, right? And yeah. But, but that is my intention when it comes to honoring that faith component, you know? And um, then and there's it is, finances. It, it oh, yeah, is sorry, biblical, by the way, to also foundation of your house is actually biblical as well. So, I mean, oh, you know, neat. building your house on, you know, a rock instead of, you know, sand or whatever. Yes. I, can't, I can't remember the exact quote now, but. Yeah, oh, that's I mean, cool. I'll have to look it, that one up because I don't. I'm going to have to look it up too. Yeah. But now I really look. I mean, yeah. I'm in trouble. I, I, now I feel really <laughs> horrible, but. Yeah, but but it is. No, I love that. So, so that's yeah. great. Well, thank you. And and you know, so even in the book, I try to keep it more like uh, non secular, and, sure. and the reason because I want it to be more accessible to people. I don't want them to let you know those conditioned biases get in the way, you know, of, of possibly growing and changing and, and evolving into that person that we always want to be. And um, so then we've got family. Obviously, that's any sort of relationships. Yep. It's also uh, you know a direct family or indirect family community. Yeah. Um, so I sort of use that as a bucket for, for all those things, right? That, that these are the pieces that keep us connected to others, especially, but also how do we honor that? How do we reinforce family? How do we prioritize that? Is it a non-negotiable in our lives? Right. And yeah. those are all questions I invite people to, to start to explore, you know, yeah. so they gain the clarity and, and confidence to go in the right direction to see it improve. And uh, one of the other asks the last wall is finances yeah. and why I put that there. Now that's actually, you know, we contribute to the world and we are usually remunerated for how we're making an impact, how we're offering up value to the, to the world. There, there is the opportunity to be remunerated for that. 
And we have to be responsible with that. You know, right. one of the greatest stresses affecting family dynamics today is financial stress. Yeah. And, you know, if your fiduciary's responsibility is in the right place and you have some basic understandings around that, and I'm not saying you have to go out and become an accountant, you know, yeah, exactly. uh, like, right. yeah. no, you don't have to, you know, like, but learn enough and align with the right people, you know, professionals to support you with creating a plan. Because yeah. if you have a plan, you're going to feel a lot better because yeah. you, you have a clearer path, but you also have a clearer future. And, and on top of that, you're going to remove a lot of that extra stress and anxiety that's compounded quite drastically by that financial stress piece. And and so there's that component as well. But it's also, you know, how do we contribute and how do we earn? You know, yeah. how are we remunerated? So that's that aspect. And then there's the last F, which everyone loves, is fun. Yeah. And, and the idea of that, it, it overarches everything. It really yeah. does. And, and if you're not smiling every day, you got room for improvement. Okay. Yeah. Like it's straight up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's the five S, you know, that's how okay. they sort of uh, align for us as a family. And, and, you know, everything sort of filters through those, those filters, if you will, or lenses, I should say. And uh, it's been lovely having that clarity because it does make us feel a lot more confident when we're on the right path. Yeah. And how do you, how do you juggle the, because really you need all four of those pillars to have the, the ceiling, right? Or to, yeah, to have the ceiling, right. all, all of those are important. How do you juggle that? to try to at one point finance is going to take a little bit here and then fit health is going to take a little bit and fitness is going to take a little bit here. How do you juggle that? And is there any advice for people on, I mean, because, you know, any of those can become, can develop a a tumorous mask either internally or externally. Right. And so they can, they can become, they can become, it can start with something little and fester. So how do you, how do you kind of juggle that for, or any advice for anybody on that? Oh, it's a great question. That's because, you know, we all struggle with the juggle of life. Sure. You know, we, we really do. It's, it's like, there's always like, you know, as soon as you start to focus on one of those balls that we're juggling, we realize, oh, there's another one over here. I have to pay attention to as well. And then there's another one over here. And here's yeah. the thing. Like, if you check out, you know, Cal Newport's done some great work in this space, you know, and yeah. uh, he's got that book, Deep Work, which I recommend to everybody. Uh, but, you know, in it, he, he goes into quite a lot of detail where he talks about, you know, this, this illusion of multitasking, right? This, this yeah. idea that we can focus on more than one thing at a time and do it well. And it's, it's erroneous, you know, like, yeah. we're, it's, it's not doable. Like you, you put your attention here. Well, I can't see you over here right now. You know, yeah. I go, now I look over here. I can't see over here, you know? So it's, we have to recognize it's the same when it comes to us working on different areas in our life. There is opportunity to do things that might affect multiple areas, but there's usually one primary that's affected by the action. Right. And we also have to recognize if we can do a self-assessment, like just as an example, maybe you rate each of those walls at a 10. It's like, oh, okay, well, family feels like it's at a seven right now. Meanwhile, everything else is a solid eight. Okay, I'm going to put my attention on family right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on strengthening that right now. And then it's just a matter of doing some actions to do that. Maybe it's hosting a, a, an event where you invite your closest friends and family over just so you have that connection time, that bonding time, make it a potluck dinner. Everybody brings a dish from somewhere, you know, beautiful around the world, like whatever. But you can do an action that starts to build that up again. Yeah. And then again, you're constantly assessing what needs my attention right now. Yeah. But, but the neat thing is, Dennis, as if we have certain habits that are already existing, we're always actually reinforcing those different values, right. walls, if you will, just by us living our life. If the choices and the actions that we're doing are, in fact, 
supportive in those areas. You yeah. know, like as an example, if if we eat a lot of fast food meals and our health, that foundation is really struggling. But more importantly, maybe we start to see the financial wall as well as our our, our fitness wall start to to come down a bit. You know, financially because we're not as focused at work, we're not as productive because we're dealing with lots of fatigue throughout the day. Right. We're less productive. And if we're working in a performance based pay structure or you're an entrepreneur of your own business, yeah, your performance goes down, your income goes down. Trust yep. me, it does. Direct <laughs> reflection. Yeah. Right. And, and also the family or, or some of those other values, you can imagine how those might start to erode slightly as well. And and so it's just a matter of trying to figure out what are the habits that allow me to check the most amount of boxes? Yeah. Is it something that I like that I can continue to do? without much, you know, prodding, so to speak. Right, <laughs> and, right, right. And, and then align with those and do more of it. You know, like I always say to people, what, what are things that you can do for yourself every day that it makes your life better, makes yep. you feel better about yourself and there are activities you'll never regret doing. Yeah. As an example, I've never had one of my clients say, die, you know, the work that you got me to do today. Oh, I really regret doing that. Yeah. I've never heard that. Okay. Yeah. I, they might say, now I regret that extra round of burpees, but not, <laughs> not, not ever are they, they upset of the, at themselves that they did the workout. In fact, they tend to feel more negative when they don't do the workout that they said yep. they would do. And, yeah. uh, and so this is just one example. Also, like, you know, like I invite my clients, I got these great salad recipes and uh, you know, I'm like, I always encourage them at lunch, you can have salad, you know, you can have nice big greens, get your greens in nice and early, you know, and, put some like, cedar plank salmon on there, maybe some cut steak, maybe some, some fried tofu. I mean, whatever, but be proud of it, right? Yeah. Be proud of that meal, eat it. And I've never had anyone write me and say, die. I really regret having that salad for lunch today. You know, like, I, just, yeah. I don't hear and, it. You know? yeah, like, my, yeah. Is it my friend yeah. Meredith says, I, I forget how she puts it. She goes, nobody wakes up and says it like, I want to be less fulfilled or less motivated today. <laughs> or, you know, nobody wakes up with that mentality. No. Like, oh, I want to. You know, yeah. so remember that. And I think what you're saying too, because I think we've got a lot, a lot of congruency with what mm -hmm. the way we think is the systems we have in place is no matter which F that you're working on, it should be intentional. And, it, and so, you know, and if no matter what that prevents the multitasking, if you're intended, if your intention is to be working on your family, even though it may be a lot less time than what you're working on one of the other areas for the day. If it's intentional, you can actually be present and really make it effective. So well said. Yeah, I, spot on, Dennis. Spot on. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely get um, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's uh <laughs> I really think that uh we we could we could definitely we have so much <laughs> we could go over. Um, oh, totally. I mean, it, this is, we might have to create a series on this. <laughs> we might have to uh, really just uh, uh, have a whole series on this to how we can help others with this, because uh, mm. I really, I, I, I agree with you in so many ways. Um, is there anything you want to share with our audience before we go that they, that may be a helpful tip or anything like that before we go? Well, because you brought up the, 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 the intentionality piece, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, find that a lot of people and when i say a lot hey i'm in that 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 pot too okay i've been there <laughs> and sometimes i find myself back in it every once in a while sure. you know and and what i'm talking about is this 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 fight that we have with our time with our schedule and a lot of people tell me i just don't have the time and, I, and i'm like well, how do you not have the time we're all dealing with 24 hours a day yeah you know like we all have the same amount of inventory when it comes to time but how are we spending that 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 currency of time you know, yeah. in our lives. And are we spending it on things that brings a return on that spend? Or are we doing things that are 
not <laughs> going to yeah. do that, right? And when we start to look at how we we commit to time, and you know, so they say not uh, committing commitments to time, not management of time. It, time management I finds kind of erroneous as a, a concept because it, it makes it seem like it's a tangible, and it's not. Right. right. It's not tangible. I mean, I, I mean, if I could buy time off the shelf, I would. All right. Like, <laughs> I'll take a few of those, a few of those. Um, but but we can commit to how we plan or intend to use that time. Yeah. And so I always talk to people about commitment management and getting in control of their calendar and getting used to an exercise called time blocking. And I like to use different colors when I time block on my calendar. So pink represents family commitments, red represents my fitness, uh, blacks like uh, interviews or speaking engagements, green or client calls, podcasts are light green. So just to give you an example. So when I look at my week and I always do, uh, I look at my, my wife and I, we always talk on Sunday, we compare calendars to make sure that we got everything covered and we're in agreement with what each one's prioritizing and and we can look at our week and I can say, okay, hey, babe, you, you know, you've only got one red block in here. When do you plan to do some other like yoga or some walks or, you know, like when are you going to get more fitness in? And she'll look at me and she'll be like, you know, you know, you've only got two family commitments in next week. I think we need yeah. some more family there, you know? So again, when we look at the five S, this is our way of looking at how are we planning or intending to, to, to invest that time in the week and what part of that is it reinforcing or helping? And, and a lot of times it's just general maintenance. It's just yeah. keeping things where they're at. You got to keep yeah. investing there, right? And uh, so my invitation to everybody is, is don't allow yourself to use the excuse, I don't have time. Yeah. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an escape and it's really quick. And if you have a smartphone and you give it to me and I look at it, I bet you I can find you at least 30 minutes a day. Okay. Because yeah. I think people should look at the screen time app. Do not block it. Use it. Look yeah. at how much you're using on your phone every day. And I know majority, I'd say well into the 80 percentile of people have time to reinvest in themselves every day to prioritize the values that are truly most important to you. I will challenge on that. I will be polarized on that. I will push back on people if they tell me otherwise, but it's always from a place of love and wanting you to achieve your best, you know? So, so do keep that in mind. Okay. I'm not doing it to be a, you know, mean or, 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 or make you feel bad. It's just simply trying to encourage you to, to level up to that next place. And it might involve a little bit of tough love, but, uh, yeah. and accountability and, but Hey, when you get there, trust me, no one's ever said, gosh, that change was easy. Usually it's not, but I've always heard the change was worth it. Yeah. And I, I always say that that's something I always say it's, you got to look at what you're not just what you're doing. It's what, what, or not just what you do. It's what you shouldn't be doing that, (laughs) you know, it's not what, like one of the things for success is not just what you do. It's what you don't do, What successful people don't do that gain them that extra edge and the extra competitive edge for anything they do is what they're not doing intentionally not doing. And the other thing that as far as it, like when you talk about, I, I talked to somebody this, this week about one of my companies about, um, well, what, what, you know, where's your problem at in this area? I said, realistically, here's the thing. It has to have a certain criteria to make it up on my priority list to be in that top part of the priority that's it. That's a matter of why are you not spending your time on this? It's, it's not up there in that top priority list. Yes. And here's what has to happen for it to get there. And um, so I, I love that. And it is, it's tough love, but it's tough love. We all need, we need that accountability partner. Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, you know, this is the thing about great coaches and mentors in our lives. They're coming from a place of wanting to help us achieve what we said we want to achieve. We have to remember that. Yeah. That's, that's always their intention. 
you know, it's yeah. always coming from a place of care. And, and it's when we start to feel opposite about that, it's not, they might be pulling something out of us, but, but I always tell people sit with it, really look inward, not outward, you know, cause yep. there's something niggling at you there. And you know what? I don't know what it is. And yep. it's just going to be bugging you a little bit. And um, Les Brown does a great talk. Uh, and he talks about this, this old gentleman uh, that's sitting on in his rocking chair on his porch. And he's got this old dog that sits beside him. And one day this young man's going by and all he can hear is this old dog whining and crying. The young man being a, a lover of dogs is like, I got to go find out what's going on here. Cause this dog yeah. sounds like it needs help. Yeah. Walks up to the old gentleman and says, Hey, sir, can I ask you a question? Sure, Sonny, what can I do for you? You know, stops his rocking. And <laughs> the young man's like, so uh, I'm new to the neighborhood. I walk by your house pretty much every day. And all I can hear is your dog crying and whining. Is it okay? The old man looks down at the dog, looks at the young man, says like, yeah, he's perfectly fine. Why? Why are you asking? You know, it's like, well, he just keeps crying. Like, he obviously seems like, like, oh, he's just sitting on a nail. <laughs> The young man's like, what? He's sitting on a nail? Well, why doesn't he just get up and move? <laughs> the old man looks at him. says, well, I guess it just doesn't hurt bad enough. <laughs> and I absolutely love that. So, you know, how many things in our own lives do we put up with? It's like that little nail. It's like it's right yeah. in our side, but it's not hurting enough to do something about it. Yeah. You know, it bugs us. Like it might start to fester. It gets infected. Who knows? Right. We get tetanus, like, but we just leave it there. Right. Because it becomes our normal. Yeah. We normalize discomfort and pain. Yeah. And, and when that becomes your new normal, of course, change isn't a priority. Yeah. You know, but then we wait till we can't ignore it anymore. Right. It's like, we're being threatened. You know, that leg that's got the infection because of that nail you left in it. Well, we got to take it off. You know, what? Yeah. What? You know, like, geez. Anyway, so I, I always love that story. And I want to encourage people, you know, look at what the nails are in your life. Just so pull true. those suckers out. Because trust me, life will get better. Yeah, that's so true. That's that's a good piece of advice. And how how does everybody get a hold of you, Di? Oh, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a good one. Uh, well, you can always just yell really loud. And, you know, in Vancouver, every once in a while, if the wind's going right, I'll probably hear you. But um no, seriously, I'm, I'm active on social, gotcha. uh, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn are my three preferred channels. Uh, I'm easy to find. If you can spell my name, right, you'll find me. And, and I always say, just connect with me, shoot me a little note, you know, that, just say, I heard you and Dennis talk about, yeah. these are my five S or yeah. my values, my five closest values. I mean, that's great. I just want to hear it. It's a great place to start a conversation. And if you really want to go off the deep dive and, uh, Go down a bit of a rabbit hole or two. Uh, my website's diamondwell.com. There's over 1,700 published articles on there now and videos and all sorts of stuff. It, it's just like, I'm going to be restructuring it. So just fair, fair warning there right now. It's like, whoa, there's so much in there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of stuff that can help. And uh, and that's all I invite people to do. You know, start to help yourself. Yes. Because in helping yourself, you can then in turn help others. And uh, at least much more effectively than maybe you are right now. So yeah. let me help you do that. Okay. And, and uh, we'll all have a, a fun day doing it. Yes. And thank you so much, Di, for being on the show. I'm so appreciative that we met and that we, you know, have connected and hopefully are on our path to a very good friendship and, and yes. see where we can go from there. So I'm thank in. you very much for being on the show. <laughs> thank you, Dennis. Anytime. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just putting up this great platform that just projects so much positivity into all of our lives and shows us what's possible. Because you know yeah. what? Every once in a while, I know we have those down days and our resiliency might not be there, 
but I know we're only one episode away from feeling better. That's so, yes. Uh, I love thank it. you. <laughs> yes. well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Until next time, we will see you later. Look, I am just a man on a mission. If I want it, then I get it. I go. And if you're trying to test me a beast, you gon' need Liam Neeson. The chance that you're taking is flagrant. You're testing your luck. If you think you'll make it out, then you're sadly mistaken.